Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Alexandra. Hi, Alexandra. Hey, everybody. Alexandra's a renter at the Network Salon. She has a YouTube channel, and she is an independent business owner and a hairstylist specializing in extension. So I know I gave you a little bird's eye view, but do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm Alexandra. Um, I have been a stylist for four years now, behind the chair for like three. Um, I've been an independent renter for 16, 17 months now. Um, It's going great. I actually uh, quadrupled my income in 2022 being independent, which is crazy. That's awesome. That's a huge victory. So I'm so excited to do this podcast with you today because we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I love it. So talk about extensions. Like, how'd you get into extensions? I always loved extensions. I was that girl that was buying Sally Clippin extensions for like the middle school dance. Like I would babysit, save my money to buy extensions. So because I've always struggled with fine hair, thin hair, always hated my hair. So since like a young age, they have just been my thing. Um, so when I got older and I realized that people do that for a living, I'm like, wow, I could do that. I love so it. So I just fell in love with the extensions. Love that. Um, so when we were talking about what we were going to do on this podcast, we were talking about the fact that we both kind of juggle multiple revenue streams and we wanted to talk about like what that looks like. So, you know, for me, I have, I wear a lot of hats. I do a lot of different things, but so do you. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about the different revenue streams and like why you have different revenue streams? Yeah, of course. So besides doing hair, I have a YouTube channel. I started my YouTube channel back in like 2018 when I was in hair school, just like making videos for fun. And then when I got a thousand subscribers, I started getting paid on YouTube. So before I was hired by you, I had like 140 subscribers. And I remember you loved that I did the video so much. It was like one of the reasons why you hired me. And it's just so funny to think about. I started doing that just like for fun. Like I didn't think about it as like a side of income, but now Um, Since I did all those videos, I generate at least like 200 to $250 a month from it. And I don't really do much on YouTube anymore. So it's just like residual income. Yeah, that's that's one stream. And then, yeah, I I love it. I still need to do more videos, but, you know, things are kind of crazy right now in my everyday life. But eventually I want to get back into YouTube. Um, I also assist at the network. So whenever somebody needs an assistant for the day, they always book me and I will be their right hand the whole time, take content, whatever they need. So that's like a a side of income. Um, what else do I do? Oh, and I edit videos for you. And then also when Russ wanted me to do video editing for them, I did that as well. So that's a side of income. So it's kind of just like whatever you can get. I'm like, I got it. I could figure it out. Yeah. I love that. I think we talked about that when you first got hired too. It's like you need the average millionaire has seven streams of revenue and, um, we'll talk about like all of them, but 
you know, you went right into it and started figuring out like different things like that you could do besides like waiting for a client to come in. Yeah, exactly. So like, I'm not like always focused on like filling my book because I do generate money in different ways. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, let's talk about like the pros of that. So like the pros yeah. of, you know, having multiple revenue streams, and then we'll talk about the cons. Cause for anybody listening, if you're doing hair behind the chair and that's your only stream of revenue, like, you know, during 2020, we lost that stream of revenue, you know, we couldn't work and our revenue stream was just shut off. So I was in a good situation. Um, I'm really blessed to have been in a good situation, but I really worked hard to like build that up so that, you know, if one revenue stream gets shut off out of my control, I could amp up something else. A hundred percent. And a lot of us like amped up product. Like we did door to door product sales. We did home color kits. We did like a lot of different things to try to like build other revenue, because if you rely on only one, if you have all of your eggs in one basket, that could be scary too. But what are the pros? I would say you are in control of your schedule. I think that's a huge pro. Um, I don't really worry as much knowing that I do have like different streams of income. So like if I'm really slow behind the chair one week, I don't, I don't beat myself up about it. I just find different ways I could fill my book or make money in different ways. Um, I guess like being diverse in a bunch of different things. Um, just being a hands-on person, basically just pounding the pavement, doing what you need to do. (laughs) It's nice. It builds character. You know, when I was like first starting out doing hair, I did, I assisted, but I also was bartending and working at a tanning salon. Like I had three jobs, like a lot of people who like have that hustle. And it's like, it's almost like, it's like built into you and it's really hard to build that work ethic. But like, once you kind of have it, it's like, you always have some different stuff going on and you always have your money in different places. And, you know, it's great to have money coming in from all different stuff. Yeah. 100%. I feel like the people that we hang out with, like me, you people at the network, I feel like we all are hustlers in different ways. And we all understand like the, the work ethic. Like nothing comes to you easy. You have to go out there, kill something, bring it home. And I, I always feel like I'm not doing enough, but at the end of the day, it's like, we are doing enough. I am doing enough. Yeah. It's, it's like hard to like when you're surrounded by people who are like in the growth mindset, like you have to have good Mm -hmm. self-care and you have to feel good about yourself because otherwise you can get into those feelings of like, not enough and feel, you know, like for me, like I, I struggle with that too. And it could become toxic. You know what I mean? So if you're like in it surrounded with people who are go-getters and hustlers, it's really important to like take care of yourself first and to work on like how you see yourself and knowing that like, you know, just because you took a day off doesn't mean you're a piece of shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like sometimes if I take like a few days off, like I'll get like really anxious, like I'm not doing enough or I should have done this. And I get like in my head about it. But like, honestly, like having a good balance is up to you. Like we are in Mm -hmm. charge of how we feel about ourselves. Like no one can make us feel anything. And like, it's like amazing to be in a salon with like so many amazing people, but it could get like, you know, 
you could be upset at yourself if you're not taking care of yourself and you're comparing, you know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I can relate that, to that. That happens on social media. You know, it happens on social media. You're like scrawling and just comparing yourself to people. And it's like, you know, when you have a bunch of different jobs or a lot of different, you know, your hands on a lot of different things and you know, you're constantly like striving for better. It's like such an overachiever syndrome. And like the cure of it is self-care, self-care and acceptance and like patience. Yes. And I feel like I struggle with that and I'm working on it like every single day. It takes time. It takes time because we always want to be like further than where we are now. And then eventually you look back and you remember like where you were. Yep. Like, no, they always say like, don't forget where you came from. Like, it's really easy to forget where you came from every single day. That's why practicing gratitude about like how far you've come every single day is so helpful for that. 100%. It's so helpful. So we talked about some of the pros, like diversifying your income. You have the opportunity to make more money. And it's nice to like not do the same thing every day. Some people, and yeah. and that's not for everybody, you know, like not every person is going to want to have like multiple side hustles, a business, or even be a business owner. And that's okay. But for the people who do want it, you know, the pros are those things. And it's also cool. Like when you're growing on social media and you're using Instagram as another revenue stream, like all the content marketing, or if you're doing classes and selling tickets, or if you're building your books on Instagram, all of those things, it's really cool to like almost have like a tangible, not, it's not even like, it's like a tangible, like number, you know, like if you're growing, if your engagement is growing and like all those things, it's like nice to see like your hard work paying off in that way. Like, so it's nice. And like, I'm like, I'm proud of like the online audience that I built, just like, I'm sure you're proud of your subscriber list on YouTube. Yeah, totally. And it feels good to like have, yeah, yeah like your hard work recognized. Like people that actually like care about what you have to say. It just means a lot. Yeah. Let's talk about the cons because like, let's build right off of that. Like, it's nice to have the recognition and it's nice to have like an engaged audience, but it's like, sometimes like you can get really deep into what people think of you. Yes. And I think you were saying like, just like the stress of it, like the pressure, I feel like I'm never doing enough. And I'm like, how come this person, like, I always compare myself to other people. And it's very toxic. Like, I'm so glad for social media, because like you said, it's like we build our clientele off of social media, like, we're lucky that we have that at the tip of our fingers now. Like me as a stylist, I never had to go to like stop and shop and find clients, you know, like, because now we just use Instagram. So I'm so grateful that we have that as a tool. But it also comes with like backlash of I never feel good enough on using that site. So it's like with good comes bad always with anything. Yeah. And it's it's like, where do we find balance? Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse for sure. It is 100%. Yeah. Some things I do like on social media is like, I don't, especially on TikTok, I don't read comments. Oh, and you can't. You can't read comments on TikTok, especially if you have like a a controversial or if you have like a statement, like, and you're not really asking for an opinion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm making this statement. I don't, I don't like, I'm not asking for opinions. 
And, you know, the type of negativity that can be on these apps is incredible. Like it is so disheartening, you know, and like social media has been such a blessing to so many businesses, but it's like a curse to like the generation of people who are on it. 100%. I still get like bad comments on my YouTube videos when it was like the height of the pandemic and I was making videos all the time. I would wear a mask a lot because I was at the salon. And to this day, people still comment, why is she wearing a weapon mask? Take off the mask. It's like three years ago. And it's so funny. I just laugh about it now because I'm like, it's really not that serious. Like, it's like, look at the date. Like, has anyone heard? Literally look at the date. <laughs> and it's like, you can't read comments. You can't no, because it will literally it, drive you, you crazy. Yeah. It will literally drive you crazy. Something I used to do that I don't do anymore. Like I'm talking like four years ago, I used to track my followers. Like I had an app that would tell me like how many followers I gained, how many I lost. Oh yeah. And now like Instagram has insights, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And it's good to know your numbers, but like I shifted my focus from my followers. Like I've been at 265,000 for so long, like two years. I have not moved from that number. And it's like, I lose and gain followers every day, but I used to be obsessed with Mm -hmm. growth and it's because I was growing so much. And then eventually Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this is burning me out. Like, yes, burning me out. And like, there's so many strategies that like people will share with you about like social media and growth on social media, like post like 10 reels a day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Or post 20 reels a week or something. And I'm just like, yeah. Like, and then people, I feel like would get annoyed with all of it and then unfollow you. So it's very hard to find that balance. Yeah. It's like, I shifted my focus from those numbers to trying to provide as much value as I can in each post. And then like the people who like it, like it, the people who don't, don't. And I try not to like really go crazy into comments. Like I'll go through like the first like the next day I'll go through and like, I'll like some of them, but I don't like obsess over comments anymore. And I know they say like, it's great to reply to comments and like, there's things that you can do for your Instagram strategy to grow. Like there are definitely things that you could do to grow on Instagram, but like, holy crap. Like <laughs> when you obsess over it, it becomes like, it just it's becomes so toxic. And then you're like constantly, like if you watch yourself, you watch others. So you have to be careful. There's like totally, it's totally a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband this and I'll tell the world, whoever listens to this, I'm going to tell you guys, like if I didn't use Instagram so heavily for marketing or social media uh, in general, I wouldn't be on it at this stage of my life because it does burn me out so much. So if you're feeling that way, know you're not alone. Oh, I feel like that all the time. Like I want to delete my app so bad, but then I can't because I need it. Like then you have to go to stop and shop and hand out cards. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do that. It's like you could. There are other ways to grow. There are other ways to build a clientele. But like honestly, Instagram is the easiest solution. But with that comes it's like my portfolio. Like clients just look at your page now to see your work and see if they want to come to you. So it's very like it I feel like if somebody was like, Oh, you don't have an Instagram, they would be like, Why don't you have an Instagram? That would be weird. 
I know. Yeah. But if I were like rich and freaking wealthy where I didn't, I didn't have to worry about money ever again for my life, I would delete that shit so fast and have a husky farm. (laughs) I would do have my phone. I feel like people who say like, I love doing social media are lying. I don't know. It's like, I think you can be really passionate about the content that you're putting out. Like this morning I was like editing for an hour and I put out like a reel and I was like really proud of it. And I was like, okay, cool. So it can be fun. But like, if you're (laughs) obsessing over it, like all the time, it can be so bad for your mental health. So just be careful. And I mean, having multiple revenue streams, most of them need, all of them are going to need marketing of some sort. Yeah. And like every single one of them is attached to social media. Like your YouTube channel is literally social media assistant. When they need an assistant, you can go up to them and ask them, but we use the Facebook group that we have in the network. And then your business has Instagram. Yeah. So So it's it's just, it's important to have healthy boundaries with your phone and trying to get better at that every single day. Yeah. Some boundaries with your phone are just shutting it off or like leaving it in another room. Like when I'm at home at like everyone at the salon has Steve's number. So like if the salon is burning down, like people could get a hold of me, but I try to put my phone, like I leave it in my purse when I get home and I try to just like disconnect for a few hours or like when I'm cooking, Mm -hmm. I try to disconnect from it. It's like, no. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so other cons of having multiple revenue streams. And I think like that there, there are pros and cons, but overall, I think it's good. Um, unless it's something that you're not interested in. Like if you're saying like, and I see this all the time on TikTok, people are like, I don't want to be a girl boss. I don't want to be a CEO. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I just want to go to work, collect my money, come home and live my life. And I love seeing people say that because it's like, okay, (laughs) You know, and there's so much pressure that if you work your nine to five and you're happy or you're an employee and you're happy that like, for some reason you're not doing enough. So like, I know a lot of people compare themselves in that way too. Yeah. Um, the other thing is like, when you're working on a lot of different things, it's like, you're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Yeah. I feel that way because I'm just juggling so many things that I can't put my 100% focus into just one. I mean, I can, but then it's going, like my other things around me are gonna just like lack. So balancing them, juggling between all of them, it's very tiring, could be overwhelming. Um, That's why sometimes like I won't upload a video for months, but I'm behind the chair and I'm like killing it behind the chair. So it's like, I feel like I'm always doing one better than the others always. Yeah. Whatever gets the most of your attention and focus is going to do the best. Yeah. That was At like one point huge... it was YouTube. Say that again. Sorry. At one point it was YouTube. Like when I um, had the time to like really do that. But now I feel like I don't have as much time. So that like lacks in a way. Yeah. I mean, I do the same thing. Like, and what I've learned is that like, you just put things in order of importance mm-hmm. and like it, like, for me, it's like on a bigger scale of like responsibility. Like the salon is a huge responsibility. The yoga studio is a huge responsibility. Like we have hundreds of students now. 
So mm-hmm. like, um, like, and like all the marketing for the education, like if I'm going to do my classes, I have to market. And so I have three people that I hired to help me because there's no way I can do everything by myself. And like, for me, like my favorite thing to do is to create and to teach. Mm-hmm. So like, I can't create and teach if I'm so busy and bogged down with like tasks that I can delegate. So like when you get to a certain level, like if you're a salon owner listening right now, like if you're a salon owner listening right now and you're wearing every single hat in your business and it is possible for you to hire someone, like hire someone, like it is, mm-hmm. it is like life-changing to have a little bit of help. <laughs> like You just can't do it all. And like, I like let the podcast go for like a couple, like, like six months. I didn't even record or anything. Cause I was like, I can't do this right now because I need to do mm-hmm. everything else. And it's like, you almost have to put things into perspective of like what generates me the most money. And that's what I need to spend the most time on. So it's yeah. like putting things in order, like the podcast for me, like I don't have like any sponsored stuff on it. Like the podcast is sponsored by mastermind. So like I put things in order of what help, what supports everything. And the podcast was really far down. Yeah. It was really far down. So I was like, okay, I got to pause this and I know I can come back to it. I know I could ramp it up at any time, you know, Mm -hmm. just because I pause it doesn't mean it's like burning alive. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, uh, then I started working on things that, you know, really needed my attention. And then I started hiring people and that was like crazy because it took months, took like a year to hire and train the network staff. And then it took like probably four months to hire and train Bridget for marketing. Like it really Mm -hmm. took time, my time to make that happen. And now it's like all I'm being repaid for all of it by having my time back over the last like two months. That's amazing. Bridget's amazing. (laughs) It It took time though. Like it took time and you have to train people. You can't just like, like hire someone and be like, okay, sink or swim. Like you're not going to get your money's worth and you're not going to win and they're probably going to leave. Yep. Yeah. And like, you know, having multiple revenue streams, there's so many great things about it. And like another con could be, you know, you, you can do your own schedule, like you said, but like, you're almost like overbooked or you never have enough time. And like, you have to like change your mantra to like, time is my friend. I have time. And then spend like a lot of time planning how you're going to do everything. Like my schedule if I didn't have my schedule or my calendar, I would be a disaster. And it wasn't until two years ago that I started living by a schedule. It was like, I have work hours now. Like I work nine to four Monday through Friday. I have work hours. Remember, remember I was like crazy. Yes. I remember. I remember because you linked Steve or whatever. And I remember his like whole schedule was full because your schedule was full or something like that. It's just, I, I literally had like, I was so unorganized and now like, even if I have a meeting, like a very like low, um, like just an impromptu meeting, like if my friend and I want to go for a walk, I put it on my calendar because I'll miss it. I won't show up. Mm. And like, now I just live by my calendar and that has really helped me manage everything. So like trying to like plan and be organized with it is going to help you so much. Cause even though you can make your own schedule, like you're your own boss and like, as (laughs) your own boss, you have to manage your own time. Nobody else will manage it. Yep. 100%. 
Totally. Yeah. It's really easy to get burnt out, but like you have to take care of yourself. Like if you're listening and you want to have multiple revenue streams, if you put yourself last and you don't take care of yourself, you're going to burn out really, really quickly. And then you'll like crash and then you'll heal up. And then usually you just start all over again, but like, try to make some change for yourself. Like whoever's listening and wants to do this, like really take care of yourself and try not to compare yourself to other people. Because honestly, everyone's just in their own world. Like everybody is the center of their own universe and we compare ourselves, but that person's probably not even thinking about us. Like we're just obsessing and putting that energy out into the world and we're going to get it back with like weird energy. Yep. That, that hundred <laughs> percent. Correct. <laughs> I feel like I wish can relate like to that. Yes. I wish there was like an easy, it's easier said than done. Like it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to be off uh, social media less, or I'm going to not scroll so much. But I always find myself, I'm like, oh my God, why am I doing it again? Like, why, why am I just endless like scrolling for no reason? So what I actually did do is I put um, a timer on my apps. So I only have an hour a day for TikTok, an hour a day of Instagram, an hour a day of Facebook. And I don't go over that. Like that helps me a lot. Unless I actually really need it, like I'm editing a video, then I'll, you know, ignore it. But for the most part, I'm not like, I'm just scrolling and it's so bad. I know I do too. When I get one of those things pop up that tells me I have a time limit. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. And I just scroll out of it. And I just it's like, hold up. You've been scrolling for way too long. Wait, have you ever gotten the TikTok one where it's like an actual TikTok video? And it's like, Hey, you've been scrolling for a while. Yes. Here are some yes. tips on how to go to sleep. <laughs> have you ever got that video? I probably have, but I like just scrolled past it. <laughs> so it's like whatever. I got that video and I was just like scroll and I kept scrolling for another like 20 minutes. No, it's really bad. It's so addicting. Like I was just saying the other day, I was like scrolling and I was like, all right, it's like 3.30. I'm gonna scroll until 3.45. And then 3.47, yeah. I look at the clock. I'm like, okay, I'll just scroll until 3.50. And then the I know it's so bad. It just all the videos on there like just mess up my mind. Like um, I start overthinking my relationship. I start overthinking all the food I'm eating. I start overthinking how I'm overthinking. Like, it's just so it's too much. Like you have to limit it. I already have anxiety as it is. And holy shit, like TikTok stresses me out. I think way more. Yeah. They want to ban it. They honestly should. <laughs> I think in they other should. countries, like their TikTok is all educational and like positive And like, it like helps nurture the minds of young people. And our TikTok is literally just like a freaking Xanax. It like just I, helps you, you out. You know my little cousin, Aaliyah? Yeah. She has TikTok on her iPad and tell me why she's making videos of her twerking. <laughs> she's nine years old. <laughs> but let me tell you, I'm like, dang. Okay, little mama. <laughs> yeah. Kids on there. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just like. I don't know. This, when I have kids, I need now. to like get my ass outside and become more one with the earth. Cause when I have kids, I want them to be outside and one with the earth. Oh, they're playing I'm with not sticks. one with the earth. They're not going to be one with the earth. They're making mud pies and playing with sticks. Yeah. Perfect. And their yeah. first phone could be a razor. I love it. 
right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask you a question. So like you're a young person in the beauty industry, you've been in the industry for about four years. Does that include beauty school? Yes. So you've been in the industry for four years, including beauty school. So can you like share like what, if like there's a salon owner listening, or if there's somebody who's like looking to hire an assistant or to bring a new person in, can you share with them like something that you would look for in a salon to help the people listening, like to help the people listening, provide a better workplace? Of course. I feel like What I loved about you was how, well, you were just so different. Like you had multiple things like going and I liked how we weren't doing the same thing every day, but that's just me. Um, Some people may like the variety. Some people may like just doing the clients every day. So it's just important to, for each person to know what their wants and needs are and to find the right person that will work with you. But I can only talk about my experience but I loved like how you were always doing different things because as we were just talking about this whole episode, we are like that. We have like ADHD where we like to do multiple things at one time. And like, I, I can really relate to you in that way. So I like that. Um, I also loved how like the education, like I loved all of your classes. I loved having people um, from all over the country come to the salon and I was able to be a part of that. And like, that meant so much to me, um, the education. So education is super important. And also I think um, just having that mentor, like I absolutely love you as my mentor. Like you have seen me change since, you know, hair school, like you've seen me grow. Like I have definitely changed and I owe a lot of it to you. So just like finding that person that you could just connect with um, and just be there for that person. Like, I know I, I wasn't always perfect. I, I made mistakes. I messed up, but just know that like, I knew you'd be upset with me, but we always made it as an opportunity to grow. And that's just important. Like, I know I disappointed you before and just know, like, it hurts me that I hurt you. So, but I'm glad that we had this relationship where I like kind of grew into my own like stylist, I'm independent now. And it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be where I am without you. So just, I wasn't sure expecting you, you to honey roast me, <laughs> but like, I can only ex- like talk about my experience. And like, I've had the privilege to be with you since hair school. And I tell that to so many people. I'm like, I owe everything to Gina because I wouldn't be where I am without her. Like I came here since hair school and I know that that's a privilege. Like a lot of people can't say like the things I've done because, you know, it's like, I I can't really compare. We have different upbringings. Yeah. We have had a lot of fun. And just so you know, I can't think of one moment where you ever disappointed me. (laughs) I can think of a few coaching conversations, but you've never, ever disappointed me 
ever. Okay, good. So I want I know, you to I, take I that, little, like, take that and fucking never, ever think about that you've ever disappointed me because you never have. But like, okay. I think that what you brought up is so crucial because in today's day and age, like newer people in the industry, it's a different industry than it was when I started. It's mm-hmm. just a different industry. And although those things were really important to me, all the things you listed, like having a mentor, I had a really good mentor, having variety of things to do. Like if I wasn't like in my first salon, if I wasn't working behind the chair, I was working the desk and mm-hmm. I learned so much about the desk and I was really good on social media and it was just Facebook back then, but I had other things that I could do besides waiting for a client to come in. So like, if you do have somebody who's new and like, they're fully just waiting around for clients, like having other things that could like excite their days, so they're not just like wanting to die. Um, and then mm-hmm. the education is huge. Like I had a lot of education starting out and I think like, I always want to provide as much as I can, but like thinking of the business model that we have, it's like, you know, if we're not doing this, I can keep everybody busy doing other things. Um, but you know, just having that open-mindedness because with all of that exposure to different things, you were able to kind of see like what you liked, what you didn't like and try new stuff too. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. We did a lot of fun stuff. We've gone on so many trips. We've made so many friends together that are like lifelong friends, like Jana, Jesse, Joe, like Allie, the artist, Allie. I love Allie, Allie and Johnny. Oh Oh, my God. We had like, we've had like over the past three years, we've had so much fun. Like we lived many lives. <laughs> we did. Remember that time we flew first class on United and I fell asleep. And our seats were 11, 11 or no, they weren't. Yes, they were. Mine was 11A and yours was like 11B or like something like that. And I was like, did you buy these tickets just so like, we? Had oh, 11, I remember that. Like, no, no. I didn't. <laughs> we had like those seats crazy. where you could like literally like lay back there were beds and that was the first oh, you were time out in five minutes you I was out, out in five minutes I was like completely out I was like because we took a red eye too that was such and then we were watching house of Gucci that was so fun and then when we went that was to awesome I love California our trips. trips I love them all of them we had so much fun we still will we have like many every many time we go years. somewhere I'm like this is amazing like <laughs> this is this is what we do and like we love it. I love every second of it. Like every time you're like, oh, do you want to come here with me? I'm like, yeah, let me just clear my schedule because I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> We've done so much. We did the Lady Gaga music video, which we weren't yeah, two to weeks talk after about I was hired. <laughs> two weeks I after know. you were hired. I was like, I, when they asked me to be a part of that, I was like, how many people can I bring with me? <laughs> you're like, I can only go if I bring my two assistants. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if Alexandra will be here more than a month, but she's coming. <laughs> right? This is going to make or break her. <laughs> I didn't even know you then. I was like, we're going. <laughs> well, and I think because we that, needed uh, somebody who did wigs and I like wore wigs like in hair school for fun. And you're like, oh, well, she does wigs. <laughs> I don't do wigs, but I can figure it out. <laughs> that, that too, that like week was two years. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah, that I will never forget. Mm -mm, Never, ever forget. Too many good times. 
Yeah. Well, before we go, I wanted to, I pulled up this post that I saw on, um, I saw it online and I was like, oh, this is perfect for this episode. Um, so according to the IRS, most millionaires have these seven income streams. So if you're listening, if you want to write these down, the first one is dividend income from stocks owned. So most millionaires are in the stock market and making money there earned income from paychecks. So they're working Mm -hmm. rents from rental real estate. So if it's, if you want to buy your first house, consider a two family or three family live in it for a year and then rent it out. Um, Royalties from selling rights to use something they've written or invented. So royalties could be, if you do online education, uh, the money that you're making from that. Right. So the money that's just like coming in from that, or if you do YouTube, YouTube, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Capital gains from selling appreciated assets, profits from businesses they own, interest from saving CDs, bonds, or other lending activities. So those are the seven streams of income. And if you have a business, it's wise to look at your business and say, okay, how many revenue streams can I squeeze out of this business? Like at the network, if we only had booth rental, we wouldn't be able to stay in business. So we have booth rental, we have the yoga studio, we have our retail, we have our color store and we have our classes you know, Mm -hmm. so we have like so many different things that are generating money. So, um, you know, if one thing is slow, we've got other things that are picking it up. And a great like example of that is in quarter one and quarter three, the salon is slower. So our retail is a little bit slower, but our yoga studio is way busier and it picks up and makes up for all of that. So it's just interesting, like what you can look at and like how you can look at your business to generate different revenue streams. So I wanted to just throw that into this episode, just in case someone was wondering what income streams could I have? There is a few, there are a few options for you. There's so many, like, we're so blessed that we have like a source, like YouTube nowadays, you could literally look up how to bring in an extra $5,000 a year and you'll find so many videos on how to do it. Like we have like the world at the tips of our fingers. And that's why I feel so stressed sometimes. It's because we have it so easy, but for some reason it stresses us out. I feel like it's like that, that picture I sent you where somebody was throwing lemons at a kid <laughs> and he was making so many lemonades and he was so burnt out from making lemonade. That's how I feel like our generation is right now. Like we're getting burnt out because of how, like we're trying to do so many things just to like make it right now. But then in the long run, it's like just making us more tired and miserable. Mm -hmm. And so many people will say, well, I wish I could just have one job that paid me enough. I know. But in reality, you know, a lot of places just don't pay enough to survive and thrive and have that extra. No, not, not in this economy. No, inflation is crazy. Like everything costs so much more. So even people with really good jobs who make like 60, 70,000 a year, that's not enough. They need more. They need their, their, that's not going to buy your dream vacation, or it's not going to put your kid through college. It's going to, you know, just say like, damn, I need more. And it's great that we have the opportunity to do more, but the most Mm -hmm. important thing is that you take care of yourself because without you, you're not here. And without you, you're not going to be able to do anything that you really want to do. They always say like, if the plane is crashing, you put your mask on before someone else's Mm -hmm. or, you know, you want to take care of yourself before you try to do any of this. 
Yes, 2023 needs to be a year of self self care and taking care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I think yeah. it's the year of health. Yeah, you need it. We all do. I do. <laughs> I need a therapist actually. So <laughs> If anyone knows a therapist, reach out to Alexandra and give her a referral. Hit me up, please. I'll send you some stuff. I have some stuff on that. Okay, great. All right. Well, this was fun. I love you. I always love chatting with you. And this was a really good idea. So thanks for um, coming up with it and bringing it to me so we can chat together. I'm so excited. I I love it. This was great. Thanks so much for having me on your show again. My pleasure. Tell them where they could follow you. Oh, you can follow me at Blensations. Um, and my YouTube channel is now blend stations as well and TikTok. So everything is just blend stations now. And I'm coming out with my own podcast soon. So Woo! stay tuned. It's coming awesome. soon. I can't wait. Can I be a guest? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Awesome. All right, everybody. We will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Alexandra. Bye. This episode of the Gina Bianca podcast is brought to you by the Network Mastermind, my online education and coaching community where we grow together and elevate the beauty industry. You can learn more about Mastermind by visiting www.thenetworkmastermind.com and join today.